Episode 7, Anxiety, Depression, and More, with special guest, Heidi Bartle. Hello, my name is Angela. I am a member of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I am a wife, I am a mother of four, and I am a stepmother of three. I was married for 14 years when I began to learn the secrets my now ex-husband had been keeping from me, all starting with his affair. My world, my identity, my worth were all in question. I didn't know or trust anything. But through that tragedy, something amazing happened. I found myself and I began to learn how to truly love the person I saw in the mirror. It's not a destination. It's a journey. However, now I can honestly say that I am a beautiful, strong, intelligent, and brave daughter of God. I am a trauma survivor and thriver, as well as a certified life coach. I want to share my story, as well as my experiences and what I've learned, to bring others hope, healing, and help. So come with me, and together we can find courage in betrayal. I am so glad you are joining us, joining us here today at Courage and Betrayal. I am excited because I have a special guest with me. Heidi Bartle is a dear friend of mine that I met when I first moved to Colorado about 13 years ago. Heidi is a wife, mother, friend, daughter, and sister. Though her life is messy with mental illness, she faces it bravely each day. Heidi has learned to look for the good, appreciate her support system, and rely on medication and therapists to help her through. Heidi published When Mommy Feels Sad, a children's picture book as a resource for mothers with depression. Her book is available on Amazon. The reason I asked Heidi to join me here today is because I want to talk about something that can be really hard to talk about. So I needed a little help and support. For me, during my betrayal, I faced an anxiety that I had never experienced before, and it scared me. For the most part, I would not consider myself an anxious or depressive person, but after facing it, I now have a new perspective and compassion for those that face it more on a regular basis, and I think we need to talk about it a whole lot more. I want to specify that this episode is not particularly just for those that are facing betrayal. It still applies, but this is a discussion that we need to understand and talk about more. As I asked Heidi here because she recently started talking about these difficulties a whole lot more. So Heidi, to start off, do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and why you started speaking out about different mental and mood disorders? Sure. I'm the wife of Gary. We've been married for 25 years and we have five amazing kids. They range in age from 12 to 22. Our oldest lives in Arizona, is kind of doing his own thing, and then the rest of us are teenagers back at home. Um, my husband and I run a charity called Be the Good, and we're ramping up our Christmas project right now, and working on that is just my favorite thing. Awesome. I've struggled with depression for most of my life. It started in high school, but I didn't get help until I was 32. I haven't experienced the kind of betrayal that you have, but for a long time I felt like my mind and body were betraying me. I didn't understand why a girl who does all the right things could have such a vicious disease. But I've learned that sometimes bad things just happen. <laughs> I want to just pause there for a minute because I mm -hmm. really love that you say that. And I wanted to kind of make a point of that because something that I feel really strongly about is betrayal is betrayal. It doesn't matter where that came from. That feeling of being let down and disappointed and not understanding 
is universal and we can all understand that. So I just really wanted to make a point of that. I really love that. Great. In the course of my illness, I decided to write a children's book about my experience. I, as I wrote things like she was more than her illness and her illness did not define her. I realized I really believed those things and I wanted other people to believe those things. So through some classes that I've taught and several podcast guest episodes, I'm trying to use my voice to make a difference. I love that. With that, what's one thing you want those suffering from the same or similar afflictions to know? I want them to know that there is hope. I also want them to know that I know how hard that is. It is so hard when your mental illness drags on and on. It's very oppressive. It colors every action every day. So to say that there's hope that things can change feels a bit audacious sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I mean, even for me, day to day, I have to choose that there's hope, that things will get better, or that I'm just strong enough to deal with it. Um, There are small things that can give me hope on a bad day. And this is the big lesson that I've learned just this year. And because we're always learning, right? Right, (laughs) right. I was, and it happened because I was asked to be on a podcast episode and they told me that we were going to talk about hope. I thought, do you know me at all? (laughs) How can we possibly talk about hope? And so I had to dig deep and figure out how I could feel hope in the midst of a really deep, dark place. Okay. And I realized that small things can bring hope. So Mm -hmm. some of the things I've noticed for me Um, I feel hope when someone texts me out of the blue with an I'm thinking of you message Mm -hmm. or, hey, let's go for a walk or let's go for hot chocolate or let's just take a drive together. Those little things that show that people care about me, they know I exist, they want to help me, those um, things also give me hope. When someone comes to my house to do a project or a chore, that gives me hope that I don't have to live in the darkness all the time by myself. Right. I used to think that darkness and light could not coexist. Mm -hmm. I could either be happy or I could be sad. I could be stable or I could be depressed. There wasn't an in-between, and the two things couldn't happen at the same time. But through my deep dive for this podcast, I realized that light and darkness can coexist. I can have a happy day. I can do a podcast with my friend Angela and still be really depressed. (laughs) Yeah. I can still, and having a happy hour with you is not going to negate the other 23 hours that I will have today, not all of which will be happy. Right. That is, this is just something that I live with. I was not cured when I started taking medication and seeing a therapist. I've been doing that for 11 years. Right. And I struggle every single day. And I think that's the part that can go universal because... I mean, at the same level, we can all get that of like, nothing is done, right? My betrayal, I don't just like, I'm healed, I'm cured, it's over. You'll never be triggered ever. No, right? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's it's a continual process. And it's something that we have to choose every day. And even if yesterday wasn't so great, or even if today, we can still start over tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And, And I love also how you talked about it, it can be the small things and the little things that give you hope because so much of, and that's where like I relate. And again, that place of really darkness where there's just, there doesn't feel like there's any hope, but to grasp onto the littlest of things, it's that little bit of light 
Mm-hmm. And it's, it is. And it's in that whole place of when you were in pitch black, when you were in darkness, the smallest of light is all you need, right? Yeah. It's, it's just... It's enough to wait for the next little light. Yes. It's not enough to sustain you for a long time. No. Which is why you need a support system. Yeah. But, but if you're suffering, if you're struggling with this, or I also have anxiety, I understand how debilitating that can be. Right. If you're in the middle of that, just accepting the idea that hope is possible yeah. might be the first thing. Yeah. Just saying, well, Heidi thinks there's hope for me. Maybe maybe there's hope for me. I don't know. Maybe there isn't hope for me. Oh, wait, yes, there's hope for me. Yes. I don't quite believe it yet. But it just takes time to get there and to notice and a practice of noticing when hopeful things are happening. Yeah. And realizing, oh, I couldn't do that a month ago. Look what I did today. I could not have done that a month ago. Right. And then you realize that there is hope. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. What's one thing you would want friends and family of people that are struggling? What would you want them to know? I want them to know that they can be the hope. They can provide the hope. They can be the person who helps. Um, It might feel like your hands are tied. If you are a support person, it might feel like you can't make a difference. There's nothing you can do to make the medicine work better or to make therapy stick or whatever. And you Um, can't make them better. No, you can't, right. you can't do it. You There's can't no heal them. You it. can't, yeah. Because believe me, the person who's suffering would fix it if they knew how. Right. Um, it might feel like your influence is minimal, um, and you might be struggling to have hope that they're going to get better. Um, sometimes getting better isn't part of the plan. That's what I've learned. Mm-hmm. That's, I'm not getting better um, with my illness, but I am getting better with coping with my illness. And that's perfect, because really that's the whole thing, and you're not cured. I'm not cured. Like, it's not something that it's learning and growing and, and, and figuring it out on the way. Yeah. Yeah. So as a support person, what really matters is that you show up. And I have two little stories. One I heard somewhere and it's, um, a woman, we'll call her Emily, woke up one day and was thinking about her friend, Julie, and couldn't get her off her mind, wanted to reach out, but they weren't that close. They were just acquaintances and but Emily thought well maybe if I buy her some ice cream that'll be an in you know I have a reason to be on her porch so she took the ice cream over Julie answered the door she's kind of surprised because her acquaintance was standing there with ice cream that was kind of weird Emily says I was just thinking about you how are you and Julie completely fell apart she needed someone to listen at that moment so they sat on the porch Julie poured her heart out. Emily listened and was compassionate and comforting. At the end of the conversation, Emily realized with dismay that the ice cream had melted everywhere. <laughs> and Julie says, oh, well, that's okay. I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> so it wasn't about the ice cream. Right. The visit wasn't about the ice cream. Emily could have done that visit with no ice cream. Right. It was about connecting with people. Right. The other one happened to me. Um, I was in a really rough place emotionally and had a lot of responsibility at the same time. So much going on in my life, lots of pressures from different areas, and I wasn't handling any of it. (laughs) So a couple of my friends knocked on my door one day, and I kind of gestured to the couch, and I figured we were going to sit down and chat, and they were there to support me. They said, oh, no, we came to work. Um, put us to work. 
And I thought, okay, so I'm dealing with all of these pressures. My house was a disaster. Mm-hmm. My kids were all in school, but it was just, it was just a wreck. And I was in my pajamas and <laughs> it was embarrassing. It was I was honest. embarrassed. Yes. Okay. But it was real life. And so we went in my kitchen and we cleaned it for an hour. The three of us cleaned the kitchen and mopped the floor. And we did some above and beyond things. And just the lift from having a clean space was amazing. The conversation with two friends who cared about me and were asking real life questions was amazing. And what also was amazing is that they came back. They came back about once a month and we alternated between folding laundry for a family of seven and cleaning the kitchen. And it was, they showed up. They didn't know what they were going to do when they were standing on the porch that first time. Yeah. They just decided, we're going to go visit Heidi. We know she's having a hard time. We're going to help her with something. And we won't leave until she lets us help her with something. Right. <laughs> so they really got into the details of my life, and it was exactly what I needed. Right. But none of us knew at the beginning what no. that would look like. And they didn't even know. They didn't know. They weren't like, I'm going to go solve this problem for Heidi. Right. And it reminds me a little bit of there was a time for me that during my lowest part when nobody knew what was happening between my ex-husband and I and I had a friend reach out again someone that was more of an acquaintance mm-hmm. reached out and text me like, hey can I bring you dinner I came back and I was like actually I'm good we had already had plans oh, yeah. we had all this stuff I already had stuff in the crock pot I think she's well, what about this and she kept trying to bring me food and I was like oh we're gonna be soccer game here I, I can't you know and, mm-hmm. and finally she came back and she's like I can't get you off my mind and I thought the dinner would be what you needed. What do you need? And Aww. at that moment, I just started to cry because I specifically had been praying, does he know me? Am I seen? Am I valuable? Am I, does any of it matter? And she had no idea what I needed, but she knew I needed something. And at that moment, I told her, this is what I needed. I just needed someone to reach out and know that I was alive. <laughs> You know? Yeah. And so it's those parts that it's not solving the problem for you. It's Mm -hmm. not somebody coming in and saying, I'm going to be your hero because that's not what we're needing. Mm -hmm. It's needing just somebody to care Mm -hmm. and coming into your space and finding out what that is. Right. Yes. So how do you know the difference between just being sad and when it be something a little bit more serious? Or at least how did you know? Maybe we'll go there. (laughs) Okay. Um, I knew because of the duration and severity that we were not dealing with a blue day. You yeah. know, I was, I was consistently and um, repeatedly low. The, there, there is kind of a clinical definition, and I have to say, I'm not a psychiatrist that diagnoses mental illnesses. Right. <laughs> what I am, this definition is something I found on the internet. It's Perfect. totally, it's totally true. I mean, this is what they will ask you if you go to the doctor. Okay. So being sad can be a normal life emotion. Everybody feels sad. You can have a dip for a couple of weeks and not be clinically depressed, but it's when sadness stretches out for many weeks and is accompanied by a lack of interest in things that usually makes you happy, sleeping too much or too little, eating too much or too little, low energy, feeling worthless difficulty concentrating or remembering things, and possible suicidal thoughts. 
So if you're having a cluster of these symptoms, and especially if you are having suicidal thoughts, please be seen by a doctor right away. Um, There's also an amazing resource. I don't know how many people know about it, but it's a phone number, 988. So 911, you call when you break your leg. 988, you call to get mental health resources. I didn't even know that. It's the coolest thing. I've called several times for other people. Yeah. And they just help have you describe the situation and do they have support people and are they on medication and but you can call for yourself and it's like a little therapy session and then they help help you know, do I need to go to the emergency room? Right. Or do I just need to call my husband? Right. Those, you know, they are professionals. Okay. No, I really love <laughs> so that. So that's a great resource, 988, if you are having an emergency. Unfortunately, we are going to need to pause right here. There's a lot more that we're going to talk about and cover, but we just don't have enough time to do it all today. So stay tuned for next week for part two. Thank you for joining me here today. I just wanted to take a moment to ask if anything you heard or felt today resonated with you or helped you in any way. Please take a moment to like, leave a review, or share this with a friend. That way, I can grow and reach more people, and hopefully reach those that are needing it most. Thanks again. Have a wonderful day.